0: All right, welcome to the Cloakroom. This is a podcast brought to you by the Daily Iowan. I'm your host, Jake Nemmers, and today on the Cloakroom, we're going to be starting off a, a series here that we're going to be having on how to caucus. Um, so, today in the Cloakroom, we have Professor David Redlosk. Um, he's the professor, he, or excuse me, he is a professor and he's the chair of the Political Science and International Relations Department at the University of Delaware, and he's currently a visiting professor at the University of Iowa. Professor Redlosk has actually written a book called Why Iowa, going over a lot of things as to why Iowa is the first in the nation to caucus and why it's important to caucus in the state of Iowa, um, and much more in the book as well. Um, but Professor Redloss, thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of uh, first off going into a little bit what caucuses are and why we kind of do why we kind of use these systems.
1: So a caucus is basically a meeting. and it's in this context, it's a meeting of members of the party, generally in precincts who come together actually every two years to do party business like elect the local central committee. That's at its core what it is. The presidential nomination process got grafted onto the caucuses. Iowa has used caucuses since before it was a state to organize its political parties. Presidential preference thing got added, became important in 1976 when Iowa by accident became first and so now a caucus is not just the regular party business of electing party officers but it's also every four years you know the center of the political universe in dealing with presidential nominations.
0: Gotcha so why I guess I guess what purpose I guess then are, are they serving nowadays I know you're saying like yeah. um, it's just more so uh, for the presidential um um, election time, I guess definitely when, when the different parties are going to be choosing their um, their preferred candidates for the general election. But I guess why is it why has this been a system that has kind of stuck in Iowa?
1: So the caucuses really are about organizing the political parties from the grassroots, mm-hmm. from the precinct level. Um, there are more than, I believe at this point 1700 precincts around the state and in theory every one of them has a caucus and the idea there is that both republicans and democrats meet in their own caucuses and elect members of their county central committee who operate the party all the time all year round so every two years party members meet in their precincts and do this the that part of the of the caucus continues it does exist but it has very much gotten lost in the, in the presidential years when there's a competitive presidential contest, right. right? Because instead of it just being the local party activists in places like Iowa City, hundreds and hundreds of people show up mm-hmm. instead of a couple dozen activists.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So, and then that kind of leads me into this, this next thing I want to talk about as to why... Or I guess, why is Iowa, uh, I guess, first in the nation? You mentioned earlier it was, you know, just kind of an accident as to why we started the caucus first, but do you, is there more detail behind that? Yeah,
1: it's, it's... Uh... You have to go back to 1968 and the Democratic National Convention in 1968 in Chicago. The convention was a disaster. There were riots in the streets. There were um, police, essentially a police riot for all practical purposes. And the Democrats nominated Hubert Humphrey as this was happening. Humphrey had not gone through any primaries he had not uh, uh, really gone in front of the voters. He was elected basically by the party leaders. Um, and and following this disaster of a convention, and then following Humphrey's loss in 68, the Democratic Party leadership said we need to do something. And so they created a commission that looked at the rules. And the most important part of the rules for our purposes was opening up the process to rank-and-file Democrats, not just leadership, not just people who are hand-picked. So part of what happened with that was a new set of rules that required, in the case of Iowa, which had caucuses and conventions rather than primaries, to advertise the caucuses and conventions ahead of time. Before this, the caucuses happened maybe in somebody's garage or basement, and the local party leaders might or might not tell anybody that it was happening. The new rules required them to be advertised, required them to be advertised a certain period of time in advance. You have to know that Iowa has a caucus and then county conventions, congressional district conventions, and a state convention. Each one of these had to be advertised a certain period of time in advance and publicly accessible. Right. That's a long way of saying the advertising requirements combined with the fact that in, in, um, uh, in Des Moines, the state convention couldn't be held when planned because of some other convention that was taking up all the hotel rooms, everything got pushed early. And when everything got pushed early, one of the really odd things that happened was the precinct caucuses jumped ahead of the New Hampshire primary, which had been first for years no one paid any attention to this. It really didn't matter. In 1972, no one made any big deal of it and the Iowa caucuses went on as they always did with no one paying attention. 1976, the Jimmy Carter campaign takes a look at this and says to themselves, we got a candidate no one knows. We need to convince the media that he's somebody. He's a little-known southern governor and so the best way to do that is to convince the media that the first place that votes matters and that first place was iowa so carter campaigns only about a day and a half himself but the campaign builds a bit of an organization in iowa he then wins the iowa caucuses well not really he comes in second to uncommitted so more iowa democrats didn't know who they wanted than wanted jimmy carter but it didn't matter he led all the other candidates He goes on, of course, to win the nomination, he wins the presidency, and the myth is born that Iowa started the whole thing, made all the difference for Jimmy Carter. Um, And again, it's really by accident. It's because the rules required advertising, and it's because the state convention in 1972 had to be held at a different time than usual. Right,
0: Um, I got you. and I kind of want to go back for a second because you mentioned something that I kind of want to try to uh, let our listeners have more of a definitive um, sure. differentiation between. So there's caucuses and there's primaries. Obviously, right. uh, places like Iowa and Nevada have caucuses. Uh, places like, excuse me, New Hampshire, uh, California have primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain, I guess, the difference between sure. those two systems for us?
1: A primary is what we're used to in the sense that you go vote, and you go vote, It you go to your precinct and vote. You can do it at any time of the day from when the polls open till when the polls close, and unless there's some kind of long line, it'll take you a few minutes and you're done. And all you do is go in and vote. So you right? just
0: go in and the box submitting? Yeah,
1: whatever the system they have, but yeah, you're just casting a vote. And the actual process of casting a vote, once you get to the front of the line, takes maybe a few minutes, right? It's what we're all familiar with. It's exactly what happens in general elections as well. A caucus is a meeting. So you must show up at the time of the caucus when it's scheduled, which is seven o'clock PM. You must commit to staying at least long enough to do the presidential preference. If you're a Republican, that probably won't be terribly long. It starts at 7, you may be voting by 7.30, and all you do is write a name on a piece of paper and drop it in a box. If you're a Democrat, you may be making a couple hour commitment because you come in, you mingle around, you hang out in the part of your room that is labeled for your candidate, and then a whole process goes through of an initial alignment, that is a vote, and then the potential for a second vote, depending on how well your candidate has done in the first vote. Right. Often this can take an hour and a half, two hours or longer, depending on how crowded the caucus is, depending on how many candidates they are there are, and so on and so forth. So that the big difference then, ultimately, to, to summarize that, is in a primary, you're just going into a voting machine and voting. In a caucus, you're committing Potentially do a couple hours in order to express your preference, and if you're a Democrat, you're expressing the preference in public.
0: Gotcha. So, so why is it then that we have like all this? I guess a lot of the states kind of do it the same way, but why is there two different systems that yeah. these that these states can can use here? So, like, why well, guess why don't we just stick to to one sort of system in order yeah. to try to get um, you know candidates for a general election? Yeah. So the
1: whole the whole primary process that we're we're now starting um, is. it it, it just kind of happened, right? There's no federal law about it. Certainly the Constitution says nothing about nominating candidates for president. So the national parties, both national parties, have sets of rules about it. But state legislatures can also set rules. It's a state election. They can choose whether it's done by the state, whether it's done by the party, whether it's a primary, whether it's a caucus. Generally, the caucus side has to do with the history of the particular state and how it organized its political parties. It's also the case that caucuses are the the purview of the parties. The state doesn't run them. Primaries, some of them are run by the parties, but in many states, they're run by the same state election officials that run general elections. But the, the bottom line is whether a state had a caucus or had a primary is more about the unique political history of that state. We should note, though, that Caucuses are disappearing. The, in particular, the Democratic National Committee made it very difficult to hold caucuses this time around because of their commitment to accessibility to right. the voting process. Caucuses, by definition, are, are less accessible. If you're homebound, you can't get out and vote. Um, if you're a shift worker, if you're working at 7 p.m., you can't show up at your caucus. So many of the previously caucus states moved to primaries in this cycle, but Iowa and Nevada in particular held on to the caucuses.
0: Can I ask a quick question? So the ones that have uh, held on to caucuses, I know that there's been somewhat of a push to move to virtual uh, yeah. caucusing. Could you talk yeah. for a minute about yeah. that and kind of why that might be yeah. a good idea or might not be a great idea uh,
1: so when the and, and again this is being the the question of accessibility the caucus is being driven by the democrat national committee the republican rules do not have this same issue in them but at least in iowa both parties live or die together with how the caucuses work how well they go and you know what the future is going to be um so th- so particularly in nevada and iowa the state party leadership looked to something they called a virtual caucus to solve the accessibility problem. And the idea of the virtual caucus in Iowa was going to be six opportunities in the week before the in-person caucus, the traditional caucus, where you could call in and register your preference. Now there were all kinds of things around that you would have to register ahead of time to do it, you would get a code and so on, but you would be able to vote the presidential preference without going to the in-person caucus. The the problem they so so the Iowa Democrats and the Nevada Democrats have been working on this for a year or so. They had been Given the indications by the Democratic National Committee that this would be an acceptable solution to the accessibility problem, and it probably would be. But a few weeks ago at a a a Democratic National Committee meeting, concerns came up that this process, this telephone process, was hackable. And not surprisingly, everyone is very worried about elections being hacked at this point. So um, the Democratic National Committee basically said, you cannot do this. You will not be able to do the virtual caucus by phone. We have four and a half months until the caucuses. The Iowa Democrats and Nevada Democrats, but especially Iowa, are really stuck because to make the caucuses more accessible, there aren't a lot of other choices. Um, You could imagine a, a paper ballot, for example, like you do in a regular election, that you could get an absentee ballot and send it in. Problem for Iowa on that one is that it's a little bit, it's about internal politics that have to do with Iowa and New Hampshire. New Hampshire allows Iowa to be first, and I put it that way purposely, because Iowa is not a primary. So New Hampshire gets to say, we are first in the nation primary. They get to hold that position that they've held since at least 1960, if not before then. The more Iowa moves to systems that include paper ballots with candidates written on them, the more they look like a primary, and the less New Hampshire is going to accept that. The New Hampshire Secretary of State can move the New Hampshire primary with about two weeks' notice. So, and he's done it before in prior cycles. When states have threatened to go ahead of New Hampshire, he's just said, we're just going earlier. Mm -hmm. Iowa's done it too. And in fact, in in the 2008 cycle, if I'm remembering, I'd end 2012, I may have the years wrong. In recent cycles, caucuses were as early as January 3rd. And so um, they were that early because other states threatened to go first. The problem now for Iowa is if Iowa begins to look more and more like a primary, New Hampshire can say, hey, you know, we're the first primary. I know we're scheduled for February 10th, or February, it's not even the 10th, it's uh, I think the 8th, and you're scheduled for February 3rd, but you know what? We're going to go in January. Iowa can't move as quickly because it takes literally hundreds and hundreds of locations to hold caucuses and they're already locked down. And trying to change the date is virtually impossible. That was a long answer, but it and it's esoteric. But it really matters a lot. Iowa Democrats are going to have a really tough time figuring out how to solve this problem of accessibility.
0: Definitely, um, our I guess our last question I guess for you then today uh, kind of goes at. I I guess caucuses as a whole. So for a lot of these, um, for a lot of members who maybe this is your first time caucusing, a lot of people, um, even if you've gone through this multiple times and you're just trying to figure out more about the process (laughs) itself, um, I guess what, in your opinion, do you think is is something that's important about caucuses that you think it's overlooked?
1: Well, because of the focus on the presidential nominations, I think it is overlooked that the caucuses are very much about party building. Um, and in the days when smaller numbers showed up, uh, the party building part was really, really important. You would not just express a presidential preference, but as I've mentioned before, you would elect the members of your county committee for your party who run the party. You would also elect people from your precinct to the county convention, and you would debate and pass resolutions that would be used to help build the county platform and eventually the state party platform. Very much a bottom-up approach to being engaged in your political party. Um, I'll contrast this. I I was an active Democrat in New Jersey before I became a professor. I was elected Uh, So as an elected local official, I never felt I had any input into what the state party was doing. It was all top-down. It was all run by the leadership of the party. In Iowa and other caucus states, historically, what was really important about the caucuses was the way they were used to build the state party to get people engaged from the precinct all the way up the system. Again, I think that still happens every two years. In the off presidential year, there's still a caucus, but six or eight people show up instead of six or 800. In the presidential year, the, the presidential stuff has so overwhelmed the process that I think the party building stuff is is getting overlooked. Definitely.
0: Professor Redloss, thank you so much for your time today. Um, really do appreciate you having, uh, I appreciate having you on the show. Um, if anybody else, I guess, wants to um, figure out, or I guess find out more about um, Iowa politics, the Iowa caucuses, please check out Professor Redlock's books. excuse me, please check out Professor Redlock's book, Why Iowa? Um, and you can figure out more about um, the entire process of caucusing um, and why it's so important to the state of Iowa, um, as well as listening to this podcast, obviously, too.
1: Well, i appreciate you having me on. I'll also plug the fact that I, I and several students are going around to candidate events all over. Uh, for the next four and a half months, and we're tweeting about them at IA Caucus Info. So follow us on Twitter and you'll see what we're seeing.
0: Perfect. Professor Redloss, thank you so much for being uh, with us today. Um, for the rest of you listeners, we'll see you guys next time on our next episode. Thanks for listening.